So we're going to be doing the law of squares and the law of doubling. And we're going to begin, as we always do, in an opening invocation. Um, I'm going to lead this one, and then I'll ask someone to close us out. And um, I trust that someone will feel moved to. And it's not, it doesn't need to be a big thing, just something to acknowledge um, the closing out of this, this uh, magical time that we're here together. So I, I invite us to close our eyes. And we're going to take some breaths. And we join our hearts together. We welcome all new members here, new building forth people who are also attempting to build forth into their heart chakras and build forth density. And we're all building forth on our spiritual journeys. And we are intentional about connection because when we can intentionally connect with each other through our hearts, we are activating unity, even as we are all one, there's a special kind of power that comes in when we intentionally activate that union. And we call to mind at this moment, the world, if you can picture the earth in your mind's eye, Surround the earth with whatever color comes to your heart. Don't think about it too deeply, because that will be the color that you are bringing to bless this earth. And we ask the one infinite creator to be in this conversation, intentionally call upon the power, the love, the joy, the peace, and perspective to help us to understand a little bit more about cosmic, how cosmic love evolves and flows. And we ground this invocation in deep abiding gratitude for being here in the messiness, because it is the messiness, the asymmetry that provides the diversity, which is held together and maintained by love. Amen. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. It's good to see you here. And we're going to actually start right off the bat with um, a video because uh, we're going to be diving into the law of doubling and what we're going to see. I'm hoping a couple of things happen. Um, the first I want to say though is that these are all my distortions. <laughs> so you're going to be getting a good whop of Doug's distortions and hopefully we can all kind of share so you'll maybe dilute some of those distortions. But um, we're going to be talking a little bit about 
um, a perspective that may speak to you. And as all things, we're going to try to situate the law of doubling or law of squares within the um, logos itself and to see how it kind of begins from a primal place and then how it looks in our life. Um, this is not a complex presentation, so I apologize. I didn't have a lot of time to put things together, but hopefully some of it makes sense as a starting spot. Um, so we're going to begin watching a video. And uh, before I do that, though, I do want to say um, back in 2013, when I had my awakening, uh, it was a kind of a Kundalini experience, to be honest. And um, what I heard, felt, whatever that is, the one infinite creator, whether it was my higher self or, or something, um, was very clear to me what I experienced. And that was, that were words, and it was a vision. And it was this, that I hear, I heard these words, um, Doug, the Enneagram will be, it was something like the Enneagram will be the future, the basis of the future knowledge of the world it was something like that. And I had studied the Enneagram for many years. So I was, I was like, heck yeah, you know, so I <laughs> started teaching it more, but um, actually, the Enneagram is a lot bigger than just the psychological um, things that we say, the Enneagram 1 or 2 or 3, type 2, all of that. That's not that, not that that is not interesting and helpful, but um, the Enneagram itself, the nine points really are um, the basis of, of everything. So we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, in this video right here. Okay. Yeah, there's a part of me that uh, when I read In Search of the Miraculous by Gurdjieff, he had several chapters um, going on about numbers and the doubling, and it really was over my head for the most part. But this video was it was a good summary. I still am kind of curious as to the significance of it, and um, yeah, but it was it was cool. Thank you, Sarah. Anybody else have a thought on it? So. I have a synchronicity. Okay. That. So I'm a trauma therapist. In fact, multi generational trauma therapist working with families and individuals. And today, while I was working out, I saw the flower of life, which is sacred geometry, same same mathematical formula we were talking about right there. And I'm like, there's a pattern here, and I wonder if I could use this logic to discern and predict what's going to happen in trauma in families. And I haven't thought about this sacred geometry stuff in months and months and months. So for that to have come up today, not knowing what you were going to talk about, I think that's pretty interesting. I don't know what to do with it, but I think it's pretty interesting. <laughs> well, you're flowing in the mystery. That's good. Um, all right, so <clears throat> we're going to try to tie it back into the law of one. Uh, I am going to reduce 
the video, so I'm not, or not video, but like screen. So if you have a question, maybe just interrupt me because I won't be able to see you. So here we have uh, just kind of looping it back for Law of One. Um, intelligent energy at the beginning is, we could call that nine. And uh, the lady in the video called it source or like all energy, like the concept of energy could be nine. But energy itself is not polarized until um, there is some manifestation. And the basically from what I understand is that the nine it holds is energy itself and then the three and the six kind of gird manifestation so it can happen so in other words you might see like um the nine could be the equivalent of building material uh the three and six could be the equivalent of using that building material to create a skyscraper and then all that happens inside the skyscraper over years, you know, people's relationships and work and all that gets done inside that could be the other numbers in the, in, in the flow. <clears throat> the flow means something. The one, two, four, eight, seven, five, and then back. So it kind of goes like the, the infinity circle, the infinity uh, symbol. Anyways, um, and the three and the six, I, I see the three as the original thoughts. Now, if you recall, um, Law of One, Ra talks about the original thought as the first thought that the One Infinite Creator had, and that is something to the something like to know the self, to experience myself, to seek and understand myself through experience but it does come back to like to know the self. And we can think of this maybe as a magnetically speaking, a positive, a, a moving out. Um, but whenever you have an out, you're gonna have an in. So almost immediately, you could say, we have the original desire. And the original desire Ra talks about is to seek and become one. So you have this moving out to know the self, expression it's a positive movement then the negative movement magnetically speaking is to come in to seek and and unify and become one so it's out and in and basically the entire existence of the one infinite creator in every aspect from largest to smallest in this fractalized universe is all following the out and in and what happens is is that different levels of consciousness uh, or different levels of manifestation um, can nuance the out and in, but it follows that exact same pattern. And <clears throat> that is interesting. So um, let me see what I have next. Yeah, this is something that Diana and Gary put together. So we'll get to that in just a second. But just take, for example, um, when I looked, I, I didn't, I was going to put the slide in here, but when I looked up how even a, an, a baby is formed, you have um, the zygote, so you've got the sperm and the egg, and they, they are one, and then they split, so there's the two, and then they go to four, and then eight, <laughs> 16, and it goes out. 
you'll see this in life, like the way even life itself comes to being follows this same law of doubling in the manifested world it happens. But then one of the things that we are privileged to experience as the one infinite creator in this third density is to experience the law of doubling through our use of will and faith. So not only is it true on a manifested level, our physical level, that we were once a zeitgeist and then we multiply and multiply and multiply and then we become Eric or Barbara. Um, but consciousness works that way too. And so <clears throat> here's one of the things that Ra says in session 10, 14, I don't think it's 10, 13, but 10, 14. And it says the call begins with one. The call is infinity and is not, as you say, counted. So we could say the call is equal to infinity. We could call that, um, yeah, the number one. And that's the cornerstone. You have to have a desire. You have to, you want to have a seeking somewhere. And when you start that first step, that's the cornerstone. The second call is added. So um, this could be two people. Or this could be inside you. That's one of the things that I wanted us to kind of explore here is that the law of doubling works not only when two or more, let's say, are gathered in the name of love and praying for a particular intention, uh, a calling or a prayer, but it also works inside us. Um, so, for example, I know for a fact, at least a few of you, because I know you personally, you have said... Um, you've reached a point where you're on fire with just a desire to find out more about this law of one stuff or are you being led to it and all of a sudden you're seeking more than ever almost like you're on the accelerator and you're and you're keep on going and it gets, keeps going faster and as you keep going faster more and more things open up and open up for you um, that would be kind of what we're talking about when we have a seeking and then we empower that with the second one. And then the third call, the third seeking, the third person in a group to pray empowers and doubles. And, and we just go on and on and on. So, for example, um, Diana, you came up with this thing, I think, didn't you? You, you and Gary? Well, I don't think I came up with it. It's just math. I mean, it, what happened was, yeah, I read what Raw said about 1012 and then my mind reverse engineered that and it made sense. And I don't think I'm the only person who's ever done that. So. No, yeah. But it, used, it, it was a chart just for, just, I just, my ego wants you to know that this was a chart. It doesn't look like this in the book. <laughs> There's punctuation. <laughs> yes. Um, um, yeah, it, it, the, the fact that we don't land at 1012 is because Ross says that there's a little bit of entropy. The more, the greater the calling, the the more um, exponentially a little bit of the calling is lost because not everyone is as united as they could be. So, 
for what it's worth. Yes. Uh, and so what, what Diana and others came up with here in terms of the math piece is, so, okay, Ross says, all right, let's go back. The second call is added. The third call empowers or doubles the second and so forth. Each additional call, caller doubling or granting power to all the previous call. Thus, the call of many of your peoples is many, many powered and overwhelmingly heard to the infinite reaches of the one infinite creator. Um, for instance, if 10 people issue a calling of a particular nature, the law of service would square this number and calculate a product of approximately 1,012. But what we saw in the video, as well as if you follow the, the, the production of cells, is that it actually goes up to 1,024. So what Don, or what um, Diana just said is that it's approximately 1,012 if 10, 10 people are praying about the same thing because there's going to be inside us not a purity of calling and maybe there'll be somebody in the group of 10 people, let's say, who's not as um, uh, completely in, in their own purity of calling like the other ones. And so all of this is like an algorithm that's taken together and nevertheless you can see the power of prayer you can see the power of seeking is that it's going to be exponentially bigger than just um one prayer so if you have 10 people praying it's as if a thousand twelve people were, were praying and what i mean by praying is giving out um desiring of a vibrational experience or some kind of experience than aid uh, and that is answered to the degree that it can be without infringing on upon free will. Um, but it also works, like I said, inside. So the more you seek, the more you find. You know, and that's a spiritual, seems to be a spiritual law. If you seek, it shall be opened. Now, just going here to what um, Diana wrote is the first calling the call begins with one. This call is equal to infinity and is not, as you say, counted. The second calling, we have two times two equals four. Um, so two, so two entities call, but the effect is four. And then the third calling, we have four, uh, three entities call, but the effect is going to be eight. And so it just goes on up. And so if you have 10 entities calling, the effect is going to be 1,024. But again, as we said, it's not going to be perfectly pure. It's going to be approximately 1,012, given the lack of purity that we would have in the calling if we're talking about a group or inside you. But all of that is to say, um, when you and I desire something and really are calling forth something because we desire and we're seeking it we are doing that first the law of of the original thought of the one infinite creator that original thought of moving forward trying to discover ourself the self our self um that empowers this call and the more that we're in it it more it doubles and 
squares upon squares upon squares, creating a huge movement forward. Um, but also it's the law of are the uh, original desire because we are manifested beings. And so it's not our calling is we almost always have two desires is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> the first desire is to know ourselves, to experience, because that is the one infinite creator's desire, both macroly and inside us. But also our second desire as equal is to become one. And that also happens inside us. So, for example, if we really desire to have self-insight and learn about our own uh, eccentricities or shadow self, and we really start seeking that, uh, and we really desire it, maybe we're having a hard time in life and we want to get to the bottom so we don't keep repeating these, that starts off, that taps into this law of doubling. And, and it also hits that law, the um, original desire to seek and become one, become one with ourselves to what is the, what does Ross say? There's three steps to um, the path. And that is know yourself, accept yourself and become the creator. Um, to know ourselves and explore, to accept ourselves, that is the coming together the the original desire to seek and become all of our parts our integrated part our parts inside us wanting integration to become one and as we start doing that more and more we end up having this almost torrid kind of vibrational system of outpouring and in incoming um in a beautiful symmetry so uh anyways diana you had a comment yeah, I don't know if it's for right now. Um, it was a comment on how to call, how I feel like calling is accomplished within us um, and what I like to do, but I could share it at any point. So, Well, I think we should just go right into that. Yes, okay. let's do it. So... I think that in general, the universe responds to our desires. I think our calling has to do with what we deeply desire. And I think we're calling for it sometimes unconsciously. If there's something we deeply want that we haven't brought up into the conscious mind and we're not aware of it. But I think it's exquisitely powerful when we become conscious of what we deeply want because to consciously line up with our deepest desires seems to me to be the most potent way to issue a call for positive service from other entities from our higher selves whatever it is and i used to go into meditation not that i'm like the queen meditator i'm i'm not but i used to go into meditation and I would just like start and I'd go silent and I'd wait or I'd have like a, this is a better way to say it. I'd have something on my heart, like a question, a question I wanted answered, right? Which is not always the best way to go into meditation, but I would have a burning question and I'd sit down and I'd try to go blank and I would get unbelievable clarity around something, but it wasn't the question that I had. And I'd be like, huh, I wonder why that chose this moment to come through. And if I examined myself deeply, I began to realize that 
my guidance was always answering to the questions that actually were the most important to me, even if I was sort of insisting upon an answer to something else at the time. And so I started this exercise of talking aloud before my meditation, sort of praying, sort of talking to the creator, talking to myself, just dumping out frustrations and dumping out um, thoughts until I would feel feelings in my body, like strong feelings, a lump in my throat, or I would start to cry, or I would feel joyful, or I would feel super frustrated. And when I lined up with those feelings and basically became conscious of what I really needed and wanted, that was when the what I saw in meditation consciously came to me, like every time. So for me, I think desire speaks through emotion. I think that paying attention to our feelings, physical feelings in our bodies, where our emotions show up in our bodies, all of that sort of helps us to become consciously aware of what we want deeply. And that to me issues the strongest calling for aid. It's just been my experience. And I think when we do that together as a group, it requires a lot of communication, but that's where you establish that narrow band focus, that very potent vibration of seeking that's as maximally unified as it can be because of all of the Blu-ray um, and green ray energy being exchanged in the group where everybody just kind of lining up like um, filings to a magnet, you know? Yeah, I you've said it very beautifully. I I think that's great. And what I would add to that is the more we have those kinds of experiences just like practice, the more you have that kind of experience and the next time you do it, you might even have more clarity or you might the process it actually becomes more streamlined for you and that would be following in in this cosmic law of doubling inside you it's it's empowering and empowering and empowering and when we can align it with our polarity and this is something that's really um been in, it's been very mindful of me because you talked about diana of of bringing intentional and so i will find myself whereas before I might have been somewhat conscious of how I wanted to act in the world, but um, it and I, maybe I thought I was being intentional. But once I really kind of saw, saw the law of one and the importance of polarity and having the choice, the archetype of the choice, always next to my ability to make decisions when it when when the catalysts come up from the unconscious into the conscious mind and I make a decision about what to do, to have right there with me this archetype of the choice, the choice of polarity, positive polarity, then it's like my seeking um, and my will moves forward. It's informed by my polarity and the actions I make uh, is also informed by my polarity and I start to gather uh, momentum where an energy comes off of me and I receive energy from others uh, that continues to empower my own seeking and polarity. And so just conventional, for example, it's true that if I have a positive attitude and I change the lenses through which I view life, 
I can see a lot of positive things for which I can be grateful, even during hard times. That kind of operates conventionally is what I'm trying to say metaphysically, is that when I have the polarity here, I'm choosing to have a bias to see the world through a certain lens, choosing to act forward. I, init- I engage that law of doubling. It gets stronger, like laser-like narrowband focus moving forward. I'm going to start seeing catalysts from the bias that I'm choosing based on the polarity <laughs> as a positive thing to help me move through this life. And even in the hard times, I, I, I willingly am crucified because I know resurrection is right there and I can trust this pattern of loss and renewal enough to, to realize that's the engine that, that thrusts me forward. Okay, so anybody have any thoughts on any of that? Uh, Diana and what I said or anything that we've said here? I have something. Yeah. Um, I just, I thought it was really interesting talking about this doubling. Like I grew up uh, in the Christian church and my mom is very religious and she definitely believes that this doubling effect in Christianity when you pray together. And so that's a, I didn't realize that, I, I guess I didn't realize that it was like a thing that goes across spiritualities. You know, it seems like to be a, a truth that's sort of universal in like any religion and any spirituality. When two or more are gathered in my name, I am there kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She thinks that the more people that pray, it'll, it like doubles just like this. I thought that's, it's crazy. Uh, Diana. Yeah, I like that. Um, well, you know, Daniel did that exercise at coming home where they all bent the spoons by being together. And they really did. I mean, the spoons folded right over with one thumb when they weren't able to do that previously. Um, Quo says that will is desire with a vector, meaning you become aware of your desires and you give them a direction, a focused, poignant direction. And Ra says that the strength of someone's will equates to their ability to call upon the light strength or the dark strength. So your will is your calling, your conscious will, where you've you've realized your desires and you've brought them to the level of your consciousness so that you know what you're after. And that's so powerful. And Doug, are you gonna talk about the moving of rock or any of that? Did you have any of that in mind? How to, not, just in a very basic way about Go the for building it. of the pyramid? Well, um, Ra, um, Don asked Ra about that quote in the Bible. If uh, somebody help me, mountain, two, two or more. Uh, it, if I say something about if you have enough faith, you can move a mountain. Thank yeah. you. Um, and Ra was like, basically, that's true. But in the case of actually moving mountains or living rock or whatever Ra did to create the Great Pyramid, um, they needed the unified field of many minds. And basically they said, if we could do that, we could move big shit too. <laughs> um, so the power of the will is is incredible and the power of the collective will is exponentially more incredible and, and much um, very important to the positive polarity, right? Because we work together. The negative polarity scrabbles and scrambles and one-ups and they need to try to make that unified somehow in order to have 
the amount of power without all of the entropy, without all of the falling out. So the um, those of us who are willing and able to unify our energies and our intent um, don't experience that that falling apart because we're all in it for the same thing. And when there is a temptation to say what you're doing isn't efficacious or effective, in other words, when it, when there's the temptation for the thing to blow up, uh, whatever catalyst that is, is received not as, oh, we have to give up our endeavor um, or our seeking, but rather is incorporate is, is, is um, what is it, accepted, processed, and integrated in, into the overall group or within yourself. And you can continue to move forward. So for example, if you're having a a day where you're like, I'm really going to try to be present and be the one infinite creator to other people and give my love and light. But then we wake up and on the wrong side of the bed or some insecurity comes up. Um, you know, we all have, well, most of us here have those and we are going to, what do you do all of a sudden? It's like, well, I wanted to have a good day and I wanted to be positive, but dang, this catalyst has come up again and I feel like crap <laughs> or something. I feel like I'm being uh, impinged upon and I can't be my holy self that I want to be. <laughs> um, that is a great opportunity to let entropy explode our movement forward and then we don't move forward. Uh, we haven't learned yet the catalyst. And that is, Ra talks about how the majority of of our peoples have the attention span of a child or or they say that it's the majority of our peoples have it would be the equivalent of having like a tinker toy in the brain where you're trying to build build a, a scaffolding of the law of doubling and will that diana talked about but we don't actually allow the entropy to enter and it just kind of rolls from side to side, like one little tinker toy rolls from side to side. And yet we still call, oh, help me feel better. Oh, help, you know. Um, so what I'm trying to say is, is that we can have a positive desire to serve others, to be grateful in the world when we wake up, irrespective of how we feel mood wise. Because um, you sometimes can't control your moods, or your hormones or something like that. And you can accept it as a catalyst. What is going on? You can even bless it. You can accept it. You can bless it. You can balance it in some way. You can even integrate it. And there's different ways to do that. And instead of it leading to entropy and stagnation, it actually taps into that law of doubling and moves us even more forward than we would have gone had we not had the thorn in the side that came to hurt us when we were wanting to move forward. And I know we've all had those experiences. Anybody else? How are you? Um, yeah, Doug, building off of that, yeah. something, that, something that resonates with me is uh, similar to Diana before my uh, meditations, I will kind of speak out loud. Um, you know, I seek to be of service to others. I seek balance. Although this earlier this week, I was like, I seek balance. But then there was this voice in my head that was like, 
shit, man, you've been saying that for two months now. Like, are you going to be saying this for another two and a half years, like another, another 20 years? And, and I find myself getting roped into the thoughts of, you know, does this, what does that even mean? What does that mean to be of service to others? Am I, haven't I already been that? I mean, am I doing that? Am I, I'm not killing anybody. Like, I feel like the whole mental chess game starts and I, and I feel like my will, my faith, maybe it's my higher self kind of kicks in and says, just say the words and live it, lean into it, press into it. And I've had some really significant results of feeling guided, feeling a sense of wholeness, and even seeing things in my life begin to open up, relationships that I have begin to open up, conversations just begin appearing to me. But there are those moments, and I'll admit, I I get sucked into those thoughts every now and then where I just, it's like I'm having a conversation with like the analytical, rational, trying to make sense of this whole thing before I actually will and faith myself into a new person into a new type of being like I'm trying to um, understand myself. I'm trying to know my way into a new way of being instead of be my way into a new way of knowing. I don't know if those, the verbiage kind of, you get what I'm saying. And I feel like the will and the faith to just say it, to live into it, follow my breath. And, and uh, I have had powerful moments of, saying those words and kind of leaning into it versus kind of playing the definitions game. Thank you, Sirac. Um, let me just add one thing to what you said very well is there's really never a time when we don't have will, even though we feel like we're not motivated and we have no will. And that's 90% of my clients say I have no will. <laughs> you know, I've been there myself, but you can actually in the moments of, of that entropy that, comes in those little thoughts that you had, um, you know, what are you doing? Try to, you know, all that thing you can actually will. Now this is what I'm about to say is very nuanced. So see if you can follow will your surrender to the fact that in the moment you have these thoughts. (laughs) In other words, like will, will yourself to be open to the present moment that upon in, in this particular moment, we are stuck in whatever feeling or thought and you can will yourself into surrender, then bring it all the way around from gratitude that even in the, in this mess, I am grateful for this mess that I'm feeling because I'm grateful that I can now choose to do something with it. And that does come from will, but we can will our surrender. You see, and that I think is really a great part of this law of doubling. It's it's much more pure, and we start to get that doubling more quickly. Um, but thank you for sharing, uh, Diana. Quick little response to um, to you, Sirak. Sirak, is it Sirak? Sirak. Uh, I go by Sirak or Sirak. Thank you. I'm sorry, Sirak. <laughs> Okay, um, you know that Ra talks about wanderers having several purposes. Not, I mean, I don't know if you identify as a wanderer, but um, just the radiance of your own being is of service to this planet, according to Ra. 
and the outer stuff is the least of what matters really. Um, and I just, I don't know that you need to hear this, but I think you're a very, very warm, bright light. And I think your very presence and beingness is making a tremendous difference at all times. So whatever you think you're doing or not doing, it's good to take stock sometimes and just know that. Oh, thank you. That's very, that's, that's very kind. Appreciate it. Beautiful. Well, wonderful people. Um, we are going to begin next week. For those of us who haven't who weren't here last week, is we talked about this cycle that we're starting. So today was the study group, and we actually I led it, and we studied a little bit on the law of doubling, and then we talked about um, calling and prayer, and kind of opened up the way it did. And then next week we are going to be doing a meditation, and um, Barbara I think is going to be leading that. Am I right, Barbara? Uh, I wasn't going to lead a meditation. I was go when you did the catalyst. You know, went through the Hollywood squares. Oh right, yeah, yeah. So you're doing prayer, right? Oh, I'm Whenever sorry. Yes, I see that now. So next week is prayer, and you'll be you'll be um, facilitating that prayer. And or yeah, well, are aren't we just talking about our uh, joys and maybe yes. struggle catalyst. Joys and struggles, and um, and we can talk a little bit about that too next week about how to listen for these things when we share them in a way that we're surrounding each other with love and light um, for our best and highest good, um, and you know that can. In and we're all doing that. That's part of this law of doubling that we're picking. So, so today we have, I think, seventeen people. <laughs> Anybody want to do the the raw math? And I mean that R A W and R A together. <laughs> the raw math of uh, what seventeen people looks like is that what five eighteen thousand or something? I don't know, uh, but it's a lot. So anyways, beautifully, um, thank you for your wonderful presence. Who would like to close us out tonight? And doesn't have Can I, I'll just make a, maybe, can I make a closing comment? Sure. <laughs> if it's not necessarily a prayer. I guess as I have been reading material voraciously since I first discovered the law of one um, over the last four or five years and that, you know, know yourself, accept yourself, become creator that I've sometimes led in my meditations. And sometimes I think I understand it and then I don't understand it. And then it goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But it's like I've kind of come to a realization that all of us, as we are seeking constantly to find out our purpose or what this all means and why we are so driven to seek it when we know ourselves we i feel like that's basically we are just realizing the creator within us when you realize that you are the creator the creator is within you it's of you it's part of you the creator is everywhere that's how you know yourself and when you accept that there are 
no more fear, no more doubts, no more anxiety or insecurity because you know that you are a pure eternal light being. So when you come to these two realizations, you become creator. And that's kind of the path that we're all continuously seeking. And of course, it may take several lifetimes to get to that point. But when you can finally realize those three progressive steps, then I feel like that's kind of where you finally get it. Thank you, Donna. Okay. Well, may we all go forth in love and light this week. And may we intentionally bring love and light through our embodiment, through our intentional actions, through our sharing and giving to other people and to this group so that the one in, the love of the one infinite creator is enjoy, is received and enjoyed by all of those who seek it. Amen. All right. Blessings on everybody, and we'll see you next week. Good night. Good night. Bye, everybody.